Hey there, and welcome to Coordinating Chaos with the ADHD Lady. I'm your host, Amanda, and I am so glad that you joined me today. This podcast is for neurodivergence by a neurodivergent. I'm an ADHD coach with ADHD and ASD, and I am here to help. So let's spend some time together now and maybe learn a few things. Hi, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Coordinating Chaos with the ADHD Lady. I'm your host, Amanda, and it's the most vulnerable time of the year. Yes, today on the podcast, we are going to kind of finish talking about those holidays and how they can impact us, especially New Year's and all of the stuff going around right now telling you, hey, join my 21-day program. It's only 21 days to a brand new you. Don't you want that? Don't you want to be a whole new person in just like less than a month? Because that's totally reasonable, right? Yeah, we've got a lot to talk about. But first, don't forget to smash that subscribe and five-star button. It helps to boost the podcast. And if you have any feedback, feel free to give me an email at theadhdlady at gmail.com or hit up my website, theadhdlady.org. That's also where you can sign up for consultations for one-on-one sessions, upcoming classes and webinars, which are starting in February, so keep an eye out, and for Accountability Crew, a phenomenal resource for body doubling. Now let's roll. All right, so first and foremost, Happy New Year, everyone. You see... The new year is a good time to make some changes in our lives because there is a sense of novelty. You know, we've got this clean slate. It's something that we can utilize as its own tool and strategy. Where it fails us is when we assume that at this time of year, we're going to set these like 10 really big new goals and we're going to change them all simultaneously and consistently for the next 365 days. Now, sure, you can try to trick yourself into thinking, well, it's a lifestyle change. And for honestly, some of these goals that we set for ourselves, it really truly is, right? Having that mindset that this is a lifestyle change, this is not a should or something that I absolutely have to do can be a way of reframing that can be very helpful for getting New Year's resolutions into play. But as I talked about last year on the podcast, I hate New Year's resolutions. I hate them. Because nine times out of 10, we are just setting ourselves up for failure and a failure that we quit when we fail instead of trying again. Oh, no, you heard me correctly. Yes, uh, we quit when we fail. Yeah, the perfectionism is real here, friends. Gotta love it. When we fail at something, instead of building resiliency to try again, most ADHDers say, well, it didn't work. I'm done. And the same goes for a lot of my ADHD friends or autistic friends. We have very black and white and all or nothing thinking. So that also leans into perfectionism and all or nothing thinking is also a cognitive distortion of perfectionism. See, the overlap is real. (laughs) And that's actually uh, what my small group will be working on in February. So keep an eye out for for that. Uh, All new classes are going up next week. I'm very excited. Uh, And the small group is something that you can sign up via email or through your consultations. So anyway, uh, perfectionism, yes, that is definitely a big piece of why we get into that all or nothing thinking. It is a curse that we're all kind of doomed to. No, 
I'm, I'm kidding. You're not doomed to it. Um, it is common, but that does not mean that we're, we have to be living that life for the rest of our life. Uh, I consider myself a recovering perfectionist um, because while there are a lot of things that I've been able to let go and not have be perfect anymore, I mean, certainly walking into my house right now, my entire front hall, guys, is just lined with trash bags. Not full of trash. <laughs> which is a good thing, I guess. Um, <laughs> but it's like you walk right in, like all you see is bags of stuff because I'm getting rid of a ton of stuff. Uh, something that I kind of started doing last year, but then, you know, was sick with COVID through the holidays, uh, so couldn't finish. Um, but I wanted to, uh, had been, you know, kind of reorganizing around the holidays because, I don't know how everyone else's families celebrate uh, their various holidays and if there is gift giving involved in your holidays or not. Uh, but in ours, my family has always been the type where Christmas is the time of year that we give all the gifts that we've thought about through the year. So, you know, it's not a, oh, hey, I saw this thing and I thought of you and here you go. Um, as I kind of talked about in the last episode, it's you know, save it for Christmas. Christmas is in three months. <laughs> um yeah, I think that's why I've had years where I literally started Christmas shopping, like the day after Christmas, and then stuff just sat on the shelf. Um, and there's some stuff that, of course, like I want to save for Christmas. Like I got a couple of ornaments this year um, that I'm saving for Christmas gifts for people next year. But outside of that, I'm really trying to just break that because that is some black and white rigid thinking. Hmm. Gee, I wonder why. But tangent aside... Uh, you know, these types of thought patterns are really common with all of these different pieces. And, you know, it can be something that we apply to this idea of New Year's resolutions, okay, to kind of get us back on track here. So let me paint this picture. So you've got a person who they do black and white and all or nothing thinking all the time. And they already sit in perfectionism where they feel like they're never good enough. They're never doing enough. They're never going to be enough. Okay. So now they're like, oh, January, this is it. Like everyone's telling me I should change all the stuff about myself, my body, my home, my mind, all the things. They've all got to go. They've all got to be completely turned over. So this person, January 2nd, they're at the gym. And they come home and they meditate and then they empty their junk drawer and then they're tired. <laughs> they're so tired because they didn't just go to the gym for five minutes because it was the first time they've been to the gym in 10 years. No, they went and did a two hour workout, including a full circuit training and then lifting weights that were like 30 pounds too heavy for what they could reasonably lift for that many reps. Okay, so now they're tired physically, but they also have like forced their brain to try and be silent and to take on this whole new mindset. So then they're tired mentally. And then they did all this other work that was a lot of executive functioning. So like they've just kind of used all the spoons that they have. So what do you think happens to this person on January 3rd? Yeah, they're exhausted, can't get off the couch can barely function in their daily required things, like for work, they're not going to the gym again. 
they're not touching that meditation shit again because that just didn't do anything. And what the hell, I threw out the batteries that I needed to put in my remote to sit here on the couch. When we take things to the extremes, because that's what all or nothing thinkers do, you continue to fall into the pattern of January 2nd doing it all and then January 3rd doing nothing. And then when you have that perfectionism piece tossed on in there, January 3rd, you didn't do the things that you said you were doing them this year. So January 4th comes along and maybe your body's feeling a tiny bit better and you could go to the gym. But uh, nah, I missed yesterday. I screwed up again. Okay, maybe next year. Maybe next year. I'll start on Monday. Nah, I'm not doing that this week. We'll do it next week. Next month. That's it. That'll be the clean slate. You can't start on a Wednesday. You don't change your diet on a Wednesday. What? But see, that is all all or nothing thinking. (laughs) Because it is setting the expectation that if you don't do it within these very specific black and white parameters that you are doing something wrong. And that is one of the reasons why resolutions are so freaking difficult for neurodivergent folks, especially those of us that have that black and white thinking like autistic and ADHD people. Okay, so I'm speaking directly to you. You're wondering, how is this girl reading the inside of my brain? Did she have some sort of camera in my room? How does she know what happened last year in January for me? Right, right? (laughs) No, it's okay. I know because I've done it. (laughs) I've done exactly that. Where it was, I was ready and raring to go. And Listen, there have, been, there have been years where the New Year's resolutions, they actually surprisingly lasted a little bit longer because maybe I had a little bit of a different motivation. So I know for a fact, the year of 2015, one of my resolutions was to completely change my diet and to get to the gym more often. And you know why I met those resolutions that year? Because in 2016, I had a wedding. And I wanted to be perceived a certain way on my wedding day. And I lost 40 pounds that year from consistently making these diet changes and exercise changes. Now, here's the kind of nice thing that did occur was because I had a strong enough motivator, you know, I did use that perfectionism to motivate me. And listen, it can be motivating. Thinking about other people's opinions can motivate us to do stuff. But it was not a healthy motivation for doing so. And that is why I did not follow through beyond a certain period of time. Because when I no longer had that people's perceptions, other external resources, I was unable to turn it around, bring it inside, and make it happen for myself until I learned to release my shoulds. And now I do exercise. I actually enjoy the exercise that I do. Um, Am I going to the gym five times a week? No. Would I like to get into the gym more? Yes. Uh, And actually prior to 2020, I was going to the gym pretty consistently for myself because I wanted to, because it was a really good stress reliever for me. 
I don't, if you've been around the podcast for a few episodes now, you might know that, you know, a lot of bad stuff happened for me in 2018 and then 2019. So I found that exercise was a really, really good tool for managing that stress. Now, I have a lot of health issues. So COVID really threw a wrench in that form of stress management for me. So things changed and, you know, I wasn't comfortable working out outside of my home. But I also realized that being in a gym is a way that I body double and it makes me accountable for myself to actually do the things I want to do. Because, you know, I, I don't want to just be standing around and avoiding it. Um, because I find that home workouts, I do get a little more avoidant because of the sensory aspect of it. Whereas I am better able to overcome that avoidance when I am with other people and I'm motivated by seeing them succeed at their goals. This is why I love my accountability crew, because that is exactly the point. It's body doubling. It's everyone doing something together and the accountability of, well, I know I can get shit done when other people are also doing it too. So just as a, a little aside there, if you're interested, that sounds great to you. It's only $50 for the entire month for seven hours a week of body doubling. At least because my uh, other coach, Lisa, she's phenomenal. She runs uh, the, the other additional five sessions that I don't run each week. Um, she will do like extra time. She does bonus time, like just so phenomenal. So it really is a fantastic resource if you feel like you're stuck. And I know that there are some people who have used that time to work out. I wish that the time I ran group on those days, I was able to do that. But it's like smack dab in the middle of my work day. And I don't like to be sweaty and stay sweaty. So <laughs> um, as we've established with the avoidance of home workouts, <laughs> um, I will say that, you know, knowing that piece about myself, though, has better helped me to maintain a home workout routine. Um, I have so much more strength because of recognizing all of these pieces, right? So like shifting my shoulds to making them my motivators. Why do I want to do this? Not why do other people want me to be going and working out? Um, so for me, like I said, good stress management. It's good for my ADHD, my mental health in general. Um, it's also really good for my medical conditions, especially my Ehlers-Danlos. I wish someone had told me when I was a teenager and I had a lot more strength to begin with that uh, building strength and doing weightlifting was like a really good way for me to work out. <laughs> um, I unfortunately fell into the uh, AFAB model of, no, girls don't lift, they do cardio. Um, and that really messed up my body long term. So I'm like working against that. Uh, and I'm able to do home workouts now when I recognize, okay, there's a certain time of day that I wind up being more tolerable of sweating. There are certain workouts that I can do that I'm not going to get all sweaty and gross. Um, so I can like meet myself in the middle. Uh, I have a treadmill in my office. So like I'll walk on that throughout the day. Um, I have like a pull down, like stretchy resistance band thingamajig on the door downstairs where, you know, in between sessions in the middle of the day, I can do a few of those. Um, so 
I found these tools that make movement more accessible for all of my needs because I recognize those pieces of myself. But if I had had an all or nothing mindset still, um, if I was still as much of a perfectionist as I used to be, then I would sit there and be like, well, I can't go to the gym. So I guess I'm just going to be a, a lump. That's it. That's it. That's all. I cannot move at all. Um, no, that was not it. Um, there are still times where I'm a lump and being a lump is wonderful. <laughs> a couch potato. Um, <laughs> I love a good couch potato day. Let's be real. But I am able to better meet my needs and my goals and what I want to achieve for myself because I am not forcing myself into these other expectations. Like the 21 day fitness routines where, yep, 21 days, you're going to change your entire physical appearance. No, you're not. A little might change. And that's, you know, if that's what you're, you're searching for there. Okay. Um, you know, everyone has their own motivators. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. Um, but 21 days is not all it takes to form a habit, friends. You were lied to. It takes 63 days to form a habit. Um, we have to give ourselves a chance to try and fail to form habits. This is actually how neuroplasticity works. And that is something that I have talked about quite often on this podcast. Neuroplasticity is our ability to form new neural pathways to create new pathways for doing habits. Now, these new pathways are not always going to be forming good habits. Sometimes they are less healthy habits that we have formed through developing these new neural pathways, but they form through resiliency of trying and failing and trying again. You will not be able to form those healthy new pathways by doing something only one time and one time alone. It can't make it habitual. You have to do it over and over and over and over again and choose to do it again each time that you miss that day. So bringing it all the way back to that January 2nd, January 3rd, January 4th example. So January 2nd, the person goes all in, okay? Well, we're not going to change that. January 3rd, they don't do any of it. Now, the way they build resiliency to form at least one of those things into a habit is January 4th, trying again on just one of them. So maybe that one thing that they're trying again is, I don't know, maybe it is the, the meditation. And instead of, I'm going to clear my entire brain because, listen, that's not ADHD-friendly meditation, you do not start there. So if one of your goals for this year is that you want to meditate more, that's not where you start. <laughs> and there are people who are not neurodivergent who have been doing it for years and are still working on getting to a completely empty headspace. Okay, it's normal to have thoughts coming in and out. It's extra normal to have those thoughts coming in and out when you have ADHD. And I also recognize that like, oh, put it in a bubble and send it away is not always effective. Sometimes a visualization can be um, for certain people that is actually very helpful. For others, it needs to be, all right, the thoughts there. Cool. Why is it there? 
What's it doing? Is it serving a purpose? Or is it just kind of like living there rent-free? Okay. So if it's there rent-free, like, can we let it go? Is there a way to just kind of let it drift, drift away? No. Okay. So maybe there's another reason why the thought is actually there. All right. Um, it's, it's really interesting to you or you're, you're feeling really bad about that thing that had happened and you're stuck in rumination. Okay. Well then maybe that's something that we can talk to our therapist about. Maybe they can help us to kind of work through some of that, that rumination. Hmm. Okay. What other thoughts are popping in? Oh, spaghetti. That sounds good. Maybe I'll have spaghetti for dinner. (laughs) So um, just as like an example of, yes, you can let the thoughts in. Um, So January 4th, you do two minutes of that. Okay. And then January 5th, you do another two minutes. And then maybe January 6th, nah, no, you don't do any of it. And that's okay. Because guess what? January 7th. Oh, wait, you didn't do it again that day. Okay. But you didn't fail. Because then January 8th, you can try again. And this cycle of try and try and maybe fail and maybe fail again and try again is the way that we begin to establish those pathways. And that's why I hate New Year's resolutions, because they make you think that you have to change every single thing about yourself all at once. Make it happen. By the end of January, you should be a whole new person. No. First off, unrealistic for anyone, but crazy unrealistic for if you are neurodivergent. But hey, <laughs> we, we do tend to be the ones that are a little unrealistic because, you know, planning and prioritizing, that's hard for us. That is hard for us. So what can you do instead of New Year's resolutions? Well, what I personally uh, have been doing is mini goals. Uh, So, you know, if you heard the New Year's episode last year, you may remember me talking about having that one big overlapping goal. This is the thing that I want to make sure that I am doing like through the whole year. I have at least one mini goal a month to focus in towards achieving this thing. So last year, the word was growth. So each month, I picked something small that would somehow help increase my my growth, whether it be growth in my business, growth in my myself, my self-worth, um, growth in my relationships, um, you know, things like that. Uh, and each month, there were small goals that were contributing to my growth. Uh, I started the year with watching a little bit less TV every day. Um, did I do that every single month? No, no. I did it actually for like the first six months of the year and it was really nice. And then life got hard and something that is a comfort to me, as I spoke about in that episode is that, uh, you know, TV is a comfort. It's predictable. It's, you know, I, I know that Leslie Nope is going to make a really great joke here. I know that Michael is going to say something really dumb here. I know that Lorelai is going to say coffee, coffee, coffee as soon as she walks into that diner. That is why I like TV. It is consistent. It is predictable. It is safe. 
and I connect with the people on the screen. So when we started our little whirlwind of a summer, things started to get more stressful. Things started to get a little harder. I prioritized my growth in other ways. So instead of, okay, well, I need to be constantly growing my knowledge by listening to TED Talk after TED Talk, um, I gave myself the space to put back on the TV as that stimulatory background noise. You know, that was, that was what I needed. So that's the other thing that we have to make space for, is you are allowed to reevaluate your needs and whatever these goals are based on your ever-changing needs. At the beginning of 2021, my need was that I mentally was craving new information. And I felt like that new information could be such a phenomenal tool to continue my growth. And it was. It served such a marvelous purpose until I had a different need. Now, where I'm at currently with television, maybe I did get back up to a little bit more than I need. So I'll maybe cut 30 minutes out a day if I, wanna, if I want to approach that. Start a little small, you know, one less episode a day. Because as I stated last time, I'm not sitting there and just watching TV from sunup to sundown and just sitting on the couch and doing nothing else. Um, there have been moments in my life where that was true. <laughs> I talked about it in that episode. Um, hours, hours. But, you know, it, it's, it's definitely something that is a good background noise for me. Um, it is something that I can sometimes tolerate a little more than a podcast or an audiobook or a YouTube video. But here's the thing. Because I was able to reframe my shoulds, because I was able to recognize how these different goals that I set for myself can be SMART goals, but neurodivergent model SMART goals, not like traditional model SMART goals. Um, and if you don't know what the difference there is, uh, you know, I, I do have something in the works for kind of talking about that. Also, it's part of my perfectionism unit um, because traditional SMART goals, it's hard sometimes for ADHDers to kind of put those into perspective for our lives. However, um, when we're looking at them in the neurodivergent model that I've kind of created uh, for my clients, just by changing a few of those words and phrasing, uh, it can actually make it easier to create smart goals. So just some a little, a little aside, maybe I'll make a YouTube video about it. That'd be cool. All right. So yeah, if I, if I want to make that a goal, I can totally do that. But where I'm at right now is, um, you know, there's other things that I want to prioritize. So um, as I've talked about in my shoulds episode a little while back, um, one of my shoulds for many years, I mean, the amount of times that I have put, I want to read more as a New Year's resolution um, is astronomical so often. I mean, I was an avid reader um, pretty much until 
I was about 21. Um, and then that's when reading became TV. And that's also when my attention span really got more challenged. Um, you know, gee, I wonder why. <laughs> um, combo ADHD and utilizing screens for dopamine. Yes. Uh, I needed to increase my my uh, low dopamine activities for sure. But two years ago, when I started my coaching business, because my business is almost, almost to the day, two years old. Yes, I'm very excited. <laughs> and thank you all for being along on this journey with me. It is so appreciated. Um, but about two years ago, I had created a graphic to help coaching clients who were shooting themselves. And uh, in that graphic, which actually could be updated now because they're no longer actively my shoulds. Um, but in this graphic, you know, I go over a couple of shoulds that are not coming from me. They're coming from external places. So they're not something that my brain is going to have an easy time being intrinsically motivated by. However, the very last one that had no external perception was 100% from me was to read more. Um, and, you know, as I've said, the New Year's resolution was, you know, read more every single day, like a chapter a day. Um, so going from not having read often at all by that point, right, even two years ago, to read a chapter a day. That's a huge leap. A more realistic leap would be like read a page a day, okay? Or read a chapter a week, maybe. But read a chapter a night when you can't focus on more than a paragraph at a time, that was truly setting myself up for nothing more than failure. And then because I was a diehard perfectionist, um, when I failed, then I didn't continue to pursue it, but I still wanted to, it just lived on that list year after year, read a chapter a night, a chapter a night, a chapter a night over and over and over again, I'd write that and over and over and over again, I would struggle to do the thing I really genuinely wanted to do, but it was because I still was not meeting myself where I was at. Because where I'm at now, I can read a chapter a night. But where I was at then was not a person who was capable of that. There were other things that I needed to do to work on my attention span, to, you know, find books that were going to actually be interesting enough to sit down and read consistently, <laughs> uh, you know, to shift those goals. All of those other things needed to happen. And more than that, I needed to understand why it was something I wanted. What is it about reading that I love? I needed to reconnect with that. And I can say, since writing that should down on paper two years ago, I have completed more books in the last two years than I had in a decade previously. In fact, it is currently... January 5th, and I have already finished one book going into the brand new year. Yeah, I know. I'm really excited about it, too. <laughs> and like to someone else, that might not seem like a big deal, but it is. It is 
a testament of my hard work and my growth for myself. And it is a testament to me finally recognizing what I need to make my goals happen. And, you know, from that, from that pace that I was at with reading, you know, I I started the book, I will say, I, I did start the book on December 27th. I did not start at January 1st, full honesty here. But like even December 27th to January 5th, like not a long time there, friends. We're talking less than two weeks. But if I continued that pace, I could expect myself to complete, you know, at, at least a book every other week, right? I could put that high expectation on myself. I could. I'm not going to. Nope. If I can do a book a month, that'd be cool. That'd be really cool. I'm not going to set something that could potentially become unrealistic. Nope. So if I can do a book a month for the next 12 months, well, that would be 12 books this year, and that would be really freaking awesome. Here's the other thing, though. Talking about meeting yourself where you're at, those books that I completed over the last two years, not every single one of them was a paperback book that I held in my hands because some of the way that I needed to meet myself where I was at was by utilizing audiobooks. Because audiobooks I can do while I'm doing dishes. I can listen to an audiobook while I am taking the dog for a walk. I can listen to an audiobook while I am folding laundry. I have a much harder time <laughs> holding a paperback book while I'm doing dishes. <laughs> holding a paperback book while I'm walking a dog. Holding a paperback book while I need both hands to fold laundry. You've got to meet yourself where you're at. And time is a consideration when we're thinking about goal setting. What timeline is realistic? And now every time I say the word realistic, you may be struggling with that phrasing. And that's okay. Because we need to kind of consider realistic as what is within your capabilities right now? Asking ourselves that question. Is it achievable? Is it within your capabilities at this moment? If it is not, then it is not realistic. It may be realistic for the version of you that exists five years from now. And that's okay. Just because a goal doesn't meet us where we're at right now doesn't mean we have to throw it out and leave it on the side of the road for dead. No, it can live over off on our couch for a little bit until we have the tools and the capability to go and revisit it, to go and sit with it, to hang out, and to figure out how to get it up off that couch and to where it needs to go. I am writing a book. I'm very excited about this book. I don't think there's another book like it right now. I have two chapters written. I am not expecting myself to be done with that book this year. I've got three more years to complete it. And you may be asking, okay, so what's with the arbitrary like three-year timeline? Um, when I started the book, the timeline was four years. And I gave myself, you know, the, the start of last year to kind of 
outline some things, to think about all of the different pieces that I wanted to write about. I, you know, wrote a, a few small things, started taking some notes, and then got through those first two chapters by the end of the year um, and started the, the third chapter. But I know with the amount of time that I have that I, you know, want to make sure I'm still dedicating time to things like this podcast, to continuing to create accessible content, to share and advocate and, you know, give information about uh, ADHD and autism on my different social medias. Uh, if you're new to this podcast or whatever, uh, you can find me at the ADHD lady on uh, TikTok and Facebook and uh, Instagram. Um, there's an underscore as the space, I believe, for all three of those. Yes, that sounds about right. But also, by this point, if you look up the ADHD lady, it should be me that pops up. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I want to make sure that I still have time to make space for those things. I want to make sure that I still have time to make space for my loved ones. I want to make sure I have time to still make space for caring for my space, um, you know, and for myself. I need to make sure I care for myself because I have to take my own advice. You know, I can sit here and talk into this microphone at you guys all day, but it wouldn't be worth anything if I carried none of it over into my own life. And that is one thing I can truly say that I do as a coach is, you know, when I'm looking at new strategies, I test them out on myself. One of my like most recent favorites is playing a character. How novel is that? Like, it's just so fun. And as a former theater geek, um, <laughs> yes, I went to a performing arts high school and was in the theater department. So like full-fledged theater geek, guys. Like this isn't, this wasn't just a, a phase. This is four whole years of my life, okay? Um, and like also just as <laughs> a little funny anecdote here, um, I woke up to Broadway show tunes this morning, so. But, you know, as that person, this strategy is so freaking fun because you, if you really want to, like, go full force with it, put on a costume. Like, pretend that you are this person who is doing this thing. So, like, you have taxes that need to be done. Well, you're an accountant, Remember that movie that you watched with that like interesting accountant who was like also a secret agent on the side? Yeah, you can be that character. Or, you know, um, my favorite is someone had said that they have a cleaning tiara. And so they're like Cinderella, you know, just waiting to be a princess one day. And that's why they clean their house. It's phenomenal. It's such a great strategy. I tried it first. Because I do like to, you know, especially for those core strategies that I'm trying to help people with, especially as like task initiation and things like that, I do like to know that it works. And a good way to test it is with my little neurodivergent household here. <laughs> so if it works for me, okay, cool. If it works for Scott, then like, that's a winner friends. That is, that is a winner because, you know, it's one thing 
when you got a strategy working on someone who has their ADHD, like relatively well managed, um, as I like to think I do. Uh, But he and I are very different humans when it comes to our ADHD. And we have very different animals that need taming. And if it works for him, then it's like, guys, we've got we've got the golden ticket here. (laughs) Um, Which I know that when he listens to this episode later, he will laugh at because yes. (laughs) Hi, honey, I love you. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so just kind of keeping those things in mind is going to be really important as you continue to go into the most vulnerable time of year, because I call it that Um, because we're coming off of the holidays and the holidays have a lot of their own emotions. They have a lot of their own stress. They have a lot of their own burnout recovery, but then you're coming off of all of these things happening and into this clean slate, which can feel very motivating. And then a bunch of people screaming at you about how their thing that they have to offer is going to fix you. It's not. And if it does, I mean, give me the, give me the Etsy link. (laughs) Um, No, because it doesn't just happen like that. It takes time. And I know that's the thing that nobody wants to hear. I, I had a client this week actually bring up to me, it was actually earlier today, um, how, the thing that they're recognizing about all of the strategies that we're talking about is that they have to let go of the anxiety that used to be what made them do what they thought they needed to do. And they have to start doing all this stuff that we're like talking about and making it work for their brain. But that does mean that some things aren't going to get done. And they're like, there's pure chaos happening right now but somehow it's more peaceful. And that's because just do it is a slogan, not a strategy. So if that is the thing that is pushing you to continue to get the job done, there is a time limit to that. There is only so long that we can push. And a lot of what is sold at this time of year is playing on those vulnerabilities And it is people saying, you know, we know that you suck at this thing and I don't. So be like me. But what they're not telling you is that, you know, on the other side of their perfect Instagram image is the like 20 doom boxes that they're not actually looking through or the, uh, you know, airbrushing that they did on their photo before they tried to sell you that fitness package or that they took that picture when they first woke up and they had nothing to bloat them yet. Or, you know, the perfectly organized uh, image that, you know, will not stay that way as soon as their children get their hands on it. A lot of us are really raw and vulnerable right now. And while it angers me that there are people who try to exploit that, um, I'm not one of those people. And honestly, I... I think that's part of the reason why my business isn't larger than it is, um, because I can't do that. And that's what marketing is, right? Like marketing is you've got to exploit all these people and like the things that make them interested and whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, I'm a very honest person. I just I really struggle to do that. 
I'm not going to sell you a bunch of bullshit. I'm going to tell you straight up. And I tell people in the consultation, you know, when they sit down with me for the very first time, I tell them this will not change overnight. This is what neuroplasticity is. This is how we're going to approach it. This is how we're going to make it work for you and where you're at. And if you're cool with that, then we're going to have a really nice time together. If you're going to keep hating yourself because you can't make something that is not physically capable of happening happen, then you're going to have trouble with the coaching process, at least my coaching process. Because I'm in it for you. I'm in it to support you and to help guide you to skills to meet you where you're at, to not have to rely solely on urgency and fight and flight. But I'm also not going to yell at you when you use the things that you're trying to change into something different. Because shame's not going to help you be able to continue moving forward. It's going to put you in a freeze response. How is that helpful? How is executive dysfunction helpful? Because that's what a freeze response really is. You're just stuck in executive dysfunction. You want to, but you can't. I'm not going to put my clients there. That's not, never my intention. I'm here to support you. I'm not here to lie to you. And I am taking new clients for the new year. So if you are interested in a relationship like that, where we're going to talk about why things are hard and we're going to be honest about those things and we're going to find you solutions to meet you with what needs you have right now, not your future self, who you are right now, then shoot me an email, theadhdlady at gmail.com. Or uh, you can sign up over my website for a consultation. Although I will be honest, my booking services are like putting people in where it's not supposed to be putting people in. So I may have to reschedule, um, but <laughs> I'm trying to figure that one out. Um, you know, it's so funny because I'm so tech savvy in some ways, but like my website boggles my mind. <laughs> and I have like one of the more um, accessible website builders that I, I use. So working on that, I'm, I've got some help. So we'll get there. Um, but in the meantime, you know, if you if you shoot me an email, as long as it doesn't go to my spam, which has been a weird thing that keeps happening, um, I will get back to you. But I'm human too. So I, I do have a delay on some emails in my inbox right now. And that's because I'm catching up from the holidays and taking time for myself. Um, as far as our next episode goes, friends, um, I did mention last time that I have a couple of people that uh, I will be doing interviews with. Um, so hopefully I will be getting some of those on the books before my upcoming surgery uh, this month. Um, so I'm hoping to have another episode to you guys in two weeks time. Um, but bear with me because I don't exactly know my surgery date yet. They were supposed to call me and give me a date, and they called me and told me to call them back. There was no date, so we've been playing phone tag. Isn't that fun? Isn't that so fun? It's not. It's not fun at all. <laughs> okay, well... 
Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Coordinating Chaos with the ADHD Lady. It has been a lovely time chatting with you all. Uh, And stay tuned for the next episode. Subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss it. And also, don't forget to hit me up on those socials, on my website, theadhdlady.org, for info on coaching or accountability crew. Don't forget about that and upcoming classes in February. This is Amanda signing off.